This episode was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. And if you want a refund, it's too late. We already have your credit card information. Uh, I was showing my brother that article about Landfill Indie that everyone got mad about like a year ago. And um, Landfill we were just listening. Yeah, so it's just about like indie that was really big in like the 2006 uh-huh. um, that like got really popular. Like indie as um, in music. Yeah, like indie music. That was like, it was like British indie music that was like, it, it was like very the same. So it was like Bombay Bicycle Club and the Fratellis. And oh, like, I totally um, know all the of Wombats those. and all those bands. Oh, yeah. Imagine loads of Arctic Monkey imitations. Yes, yeah, literally. I know the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, it's like that. It's like a bunch of like very similar sounding guitar and like guys who can sort of sing but also sound yeah. very sad but very British. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they also, it's, 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 like, it's they about regional their, accents. They, they, they like, flatten their voices at the end of words. They What's sing the like this that? sort of thing. The darkness yeah. is that like one of them. I don't uh, think so. No, I think they're more glam. You know, like you know, like the Zootons, um, Two Door Cinema Club. Oh yeah, you know? no, because I I just remember like on on the fun point about the Arctic Monkeys, Eddie uh, chose Darkness as okay yeah, as the like what's it called Slap City Pig purely because it's also a band where it's where you can hear that they're British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but these these are all bands where you can tell that they're British. They've all got like various types of regional accent. Um I will say I, I like that in a song. I still like a regional accent in a song. Yeah, but they yeah. were they were like Franz Ferdinand if they were less interesting. Um mm. And Franz Ferdinand's already not very interesting. I like Franz Ferdinand, but <laughs> <Ooh>. that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, they're not like the most interesting. I it's very funny because I remember you uh, throwing shade at like some other indie band as like, oh, I like music that sounds interesting. Yeah. Listen, we're never going to get to any conclusion on this, um, as is the nature of song. Yeah, I think... <laughs> the, like, the nature of genu- genu- Genuinely, I think like our music tastes are just like we all like music that we like. And yeah. we, we then try to come up with justifications why we like certain things and don't like yeah. other things. And we're going to throw around things like, oh, I like music that's interesting. But then like I do actually like Taylor Swift, who is not interesting at all, but I do like to listen to her. So, yeah, you know. mm. and I don't, which is fine. This is the difference <laughs> between us. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah, listen to Taylor Swift and I listen to Franz Ferdinand. We all have our own issues. I like to listen to Marla. Yeah, well, I like think his history will prove one of them right, but okay. Uh, well, one of them is British and the other is American. Yeah. Um, and apart from that, they're exactly the same. Um, one of them is very, uh, very beloved by J.K. Rowling in... Uh, in a way that she wanted to put them in 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 uh, in a Harry Potter movie and was then disappointed. Like the second choice was, well, I guess we'll put members of Radiohead and Pulp That's together. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I if I can't get Franz Ferdinand, I guess I can settle for fucking for Johnny Radiohead. Greenwood and Jarvis Cocker. <laughs> that was so funny. They can sing the fucking um... <laughs> alphabet song, but for wizards. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the hippogriff song from the fourth movie incredible stuff um yeah listen i did, i honestly don't care i was just we were just listening to um all the sort of you know like chelsea dagger and shit like all, yeah. the, all yeah. the classics of this period of time um and then we were listening to yeah and then so we were listening to like back in live lounge 
I know, exactly. <laughs> it's literally like shit club songs. Mm. It's like what it is. Um, mm-hmm. um, but we were we then started listening to 2005 music and you know what? Pretty good year. <laughs> Pretty good year. Hollaback came vintage. out incredible. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Numb Encore, we listen to Numb Encore, and you know what's still good? People... I have no idea what any of that is. Well, the listeners know. No, Numb Encore is Numb by Linkin Park, but with um, an Encore remix version with Jay-Z. No, you um, mean, you mean Numb I do by remember. Nickelback. I do remember Numb by uh, Linkin Park. Uh, I thought we were still talking about like British indie stuff, that's why I no, was No, I just moved to like, we just started, you know, going more general 2005 yeah. shit. Um... But yeah, I mean, Numb music, is like my somehow my aso- main association with Numb is like that one Roomba uh, remix that uh, was always always playing at my dance club uh, mm-hmm. back before the lockdowns. Mm. Did you say Roomba me- remix? Yeah, yeah. like the, the yeah, the, like the like slow dance, the yeah, slow sensual. Oh, oh, yeah. I was thinking. Oh, rum- ah, yes, okay. I was thinking of the robot vacuum thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you would. Oh, wow. yeah. No, do do English people pronounce it Rumba or what? I would yeah. say r- yeah. Rumba. I'd say or Rumba. 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 Yeah. Rumba. I think yeah. That sounds very wrong. It does. Well, Rumba. We're British and we're not. We're sorry British about it. and so are you. <laughs> we so do you not apologise for Britain. Like we're just mm-hmm. trying to do well, our best. I'm not not sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, how are we all today? Music aside. Yeah. Oh, uh, I listened to Steely Dan this morning. That was good. You know, um, I've never actually listened to Steely Dan. Oh, they're so good, dude. <laughs> they're really good. Ash is yeah. always telling me to listen, and yeah, yeah, I never have for no reason, and I don't know why. You I've gotten back, back to into it in a big way. Like, they were one of the first bands I actually, like, got into as, like, a teen for some reason, because I was a <laughs> weird teen. Very you, yes. Um, and then I got back into them recently because they're extremely Yeah, Steely good. Dan is, like, great if you want, like, profoundly unrelatable uh, lyrics. Yeah, um, I mean... To the extent that they often don't lyrics. make any sense. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> like Prague. <laughs> yeah, but, like, if they do, it's like, mm, what if I was, like, a hipster who is, like... What if I had great Sipping hair? scotch whiskey or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Drink scotch whiskey all night long and die behind <laughs> die the behind the wheel. Okay, that sounds good. It's it's, it's so good. <laughs> there's a it's there's like... a whole tune about why you shouldn't date nineteen year olds because they're boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good advice. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I think he probably did date nineteen year olds though, which isn't great. But like, mm. uh-huh. you know people on the se- musicians in the 70s or 80s so. there's like the, the, like there's probably fine one of their most famous songs have has like a yeah. guitar solo that is like 20 seconds long uh and they shuffled through like nine studio guitarists until they got to the to the one solo that they were like mm, yes this is the one but they were like they just for that mm. album they were just like hiring every single studio musician they 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 could like they, they I think they were first a band like for their first album mm. and then after that it was just two guys who were like I'm just going to listen to a lot of albums contemporary like music albums and if there's like one solo that I really like I'm going to call that guy to come play uh, on one song on my next album <laughs> they, yeah. so they got it like became... on Asia they got like Wayne Shorter who is like one of the greatest jazz saxophone players of all time they got him to play the saxophone solo on Asia because why not yeah mm-hmm. oh 
Yeah. They, like, they became just two dudes who had, like, an endlessly rotating set of session musicians who were, like, all at the top of their game. Yeah. It's beautiful. Incredible. And, and really, like, really inventive music making as well. Like, they they just, I don't know, really complex harmonies and chords, and it's always changing. It's, it's very interesting. Is that, can I What's hear Starmer in the background? <laughs> you can, I clicked on a news article because I hate talking about music and a video also played. <laughs> Stop talking. Normally I don't like talking about music, but I like Steely Dan. Yeah, Steely Dan is very good. Uh, Speaking as the leader of the Labour Party, I'm, uh, I, think, I think I don't have a stance on Steely <laughs> well, Dan at all. I think we should support the government in its, uh, in its efforts to make people <laughs> listen to Steely Dan 24 hours a day. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's improving gov- improving morale nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> I think the oh. government is totally wrong to put gunboats in the channel to sink migrant boats. They should actually have aircraft carriers much more efficient. <laughs> God, that's I'm the left winger. Exactly like it was just well. a news article about him not supporting the teachers' unions, and I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, labor. Labor means they like working. I imagine they love things. to labor. Yeah, it's labor about means how it's I like laboring. Yeah, well, yeah. working yeah. class the means they have to work. It's a good thing for them. They mm-hmm. just they're like that. It's in their biology. You're wrong. Actually, <laughs> working class means you have a regional accent, and at some point, yes. someone in your family, probably your dad, is a landlord. Yeah. Uh-huh. Working class. I work down Whippet Mines, and I've got. <laughs> I own half of Leeds. Listen, tomorrow I have to go to an online Zoom forum to tell some feedback people that I'm really enjoying um, working with the Jump Center employment people, oh, and gosh. I'm and I'm pleased to do that. You know, I'm glad that I'm doing that. How's that going for you? Well, I've Are only trying been to there get for a, a job, week, or what's so I don't pl- see what I'm supposed to say. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> they might get me some temporary census job stuff, but like they want my opinion on how it's going, and I'm like, I don't know, I haven't got a job yet, so yeah. I, I guess that's how it's going. Wait, so you have f- feedback on not having a job? Yeah, well, on how how their support has been, I have to be like, yes, they've been very effective, except they haven't. <laughs> but I'm not going to say that because I'm not going to like get my job center woman in the in the dirt you know i'm not going to be like she sucks i'm gonna be like i'm sure she's very effective <laughs> when when we've had more time to work together <laughs> oh god systems system it just works all right <laughs> you know what i'm very i'm very pleased that we are now reading lords and ladies and not Lord watching Christ. the watch yeah me too yeah that's yeah. enough of that yeah <laughs> just thinking about systems again and <laughs> How in, in this book there's there's a there's a paragraph where Terry's like if you kill a dictator another one will come from like the societal slurry that creates dictators. <laughs> yeah. And yes. I was like, damn, he'd be right though. And the watch did not get that really. Yeah, I Terry's mean, like, hey, like... structures exist. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how like in the, in in, in post Game of Thrones Discord a lot of people were like, oh, uh, Game of Thrones has like ruined my brain in a way that now if I watch a TV show and it has like basic setup and payoff I'm clapping like a trained seal for like what revolutionary storytelling this is and to me like watching The Watch and also then reading Name of the Wind makes like if a book just has characters I'm already like fucking blown out of it's yeah 
absolutely yeah. no i completely 100 percent agree like going from that going from name of the wind to this is that like i feel like i mean i said this on our discord but like i think even the minor characters in these books who don't get names necessarily or who get funny joke names are yeah. still more interesting <laughs> uh, robin have you considered that uh books are better when the characters have no flaws <laughs> i mean Kvold does have flaws like that's the thing he's he does get his ass got a lot but then he doesn't learn from it or it doesn't yeah. really affect anything like it's just like a temporary nuisance that he yeah. gets kicked it's out of the library setup. i guess Right. And, and like even that would be like fine if like everyone like if everyone else wasn't just like a great thing Summer said in one of the upcoming episodes is that this book really is like a pinball machine and Quoth is the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and the women are the little pegs that the ball bounces between. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they peg! Hell yeah! <laughs> I wish pegged. Do you think Quoth would get pegged? Quoth would get pegged. No. no. Would he take the scrap? <laughs> no, he'd say it's gay. Mm. Uh, is is Croth a Sigma male? He's a... I mean, I guess in the sense that he... He can Sigma balls. Um, <laughs> he can Sigma his heart out. Yeah. Um, can't talk about name of the wind. <laughs> yeah, you have a whole yeah, podcast we, about we, that. Yeah, we cannot do it. I'm trying Check to Check that out. Listener, if you're listening to this and you want to hear a podcast talking about Name of the Wind in a structured way, then you should check out Structured. Structured. Yeah. Yeah. Comes okay. George recommended. Yeah, you haven't thing. heard the episode where we actually Chronicles. talk about the books yet. So it's available. It's out there. It's a podcast. Uh, Robin and Janosch are on it as well as other people, and you'll love it. You will. It's pretty funny. You will. It's good. You can mm-hmm. figure out if you're like. I actually think Name of the Wind is good. And it sort of annoys me when you talk shit about it all the time on this podcast. You can listen to that podcast and like learn all the ways in which it is bad. <laughs> We're right. Yeah. Don't get mad at us. Get mad at them. Yeah. yeah. Or even yeah. though two of us are just, two of them. Just one more me- week and we're free of it. And mm-hmm. uh, then we're going to have to fucking do Wise Man's Fear, which I am trying to like make everyone read, even though... like. <laughs> That's I think you should. Idea I'm, I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy to. to read it if if the purpose is clowning on it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, because the clown. thing is, the wise man's fear is like everyone say even worse. said in the in in the pre conversation where we didn't remember how bad name of the wind was. We were <laughs> still like wise man's fear is still like so much worse though. <laughs> so Which I'm it might be. For. You don't know until you read it. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you want to if you want to do to do that, uh, you got to like. Tweet receipts that you blocked Petroth was on Twitter at us, and then we'll do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, uh, anyway, this is a different yeah. podcast. Yeah, let's let's get into our podcast. Let's get you know, into we've, we've Welcome to only, Fred says fuck. This has only been a sixteen-minute cold open, which I think is like a good amount of time considering yeah. that last That's episode the... is thirty minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about Terry Pratchett stuff, but we just got yeah. really into like discussing whether, whether his books are gonna survive. be read or not and i yeah. feel like i might have like you know I, I was more pessimistic last episode but now that i'm actually reading this book i'm like oh no they're probably gonna be read i thought yeah. that because i was reading this and i was like this is really good and then i yeah. was like it's not about whether it's good because it is good it's more about whether it has the appeal to be picked up you know and then read yeah. by like yeah and but, whether yeah. like 
Zoomers even go to bookstores, whether bookstores are ever gonna be like a thing again, you know. You the know. damn kids would rather pick up their Fortnite and <laughs> read a book read a book with a sexy vampire on the front. <laughs> Teens these days would rather stay inside during a pandemic and then <laughs> witness the collapse of the high street and physical shops rather than go to a bookstore. <laughs> Kids these, um, these days, days would rather sit and watch the news where the government closes all the libraries rather than go yeah. to a library. Kids these days would rather cry alone in their home, wondering when they're next going to feel the touch of another human being rather than going outside <laughs> and just like touching some touching some people you know um okay. yeah but also like a ton of terry pratchett books right like just like yeah go to the bookstore and lick the cover of every single terry pratchett book that's, <laughs> that's what i used to do when i was a teen and you can too <laughs> and they yes. just let you do that in the bookstore like they actually like they were like mm, don't start reading the books while they're here you got to buy them but you can just have a cheeky lick yeah Somebody i went into the bookstore to watch you lick them when I, I went into a bookstore as a, as a teen, and they were like, there are books here for everyone, no matter your taste. And I was like, taste, you say? And then I went around <laughs> and I licked every single book on the book on the bookshelf Ooh. to see what the taste was. And, and that's it, what it means. And it was to be pretty much the same. Yes, Ooh. that's why I'm a big bibliophile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was, what else I, I was did very upset there. when like Nintendo released the Nintendo Switch, and they were like, mm, "These cartridges are gonna taste yucky if you oh lick them." Oh my god, I forgot I was about so that. So used to like <laughs> lick every single piece of media that I'm consuming. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, Nintendo was really like, "We're gonna tell people they taste gross," and everyone was like, "Well, now I have to." Share <laughs> the <lick> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the iPods conundrum. It really yeah. is. Um, okay. Three. Oh. Can we two, can one. we say um, the we have finally answered the question in our title? Who watches yeah. the watch? And we can finally say the answer is not us anymore. Not us. <laughs> yeah. We did, and so, now we don't. Uh, We're changing our name to Who Watched the Watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> who is that? What the is that? What the last episode is going to be called? That hasn't That's going to be yet. really sad. Discworld reread slash watch podcast for people who not only like Discworld but also hate Discworld because we like to like call all bases. Uh, I'm your host Chaz, and you know I go out in the middle of the night in the nude. I go dancing, um, and that's just a lifestyle choice, and you can't judge me for it. <laughs> um, I'm your host, uh, Robin. This may come as a shock, but yes, after the GameStop thing, I did decide to name myself after the Robin Hood app <laughs> that everyone was using. So um, I, I just wanted to take this opportunity to say trans rights and also blockchain for life. <laughs> I thought it was like you were you were in a bank and you were stealing and you were like, damn, I wish I was named after the process that I'm currently doing. Putting my gender on the blockchain. <laughs> 
Robin's gender is part of the blockchain now. You two can invest. Um. Yeah. <laughs> when Elon Musk tweeted uh, stonks, he was he was thinking of you. He was. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I hope <He's>... not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what a good website though, Robinhood.com, or, or is it an app? I don't know. It was an app. What a good app! I totally loved to use it. I loved when they were like, uh, now that now that people who are who are not hedge funds are doing this, we don't like this anymore. <laughs> uh, we're gonna block you from your for your own good. Yeah, that's what I'm all it's about. Fun. I loved when SNL did a funny sketch where they had Pete not to Davidson get in the way of this bit. But Yanosh um, and George are just not introducing themselves, which is fine. Yeah, I'm waiting for Yanosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do that, but I suddenly remember that awful SNL. But anyway, I am Yanosh, and um, you know, you know what I really liked about funny President Donald Trump's presidency, and was when he did a staring contest with the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, moon children. It is I, your coven brother, George. We shall sky bathe twixt the fabled stones at midnight. I hope you bought your sage and your jar of seawater. What else do people do? Weed. Like wicked stuff. You find water with a stick. You say, I'm going to find water. I'm going to find the ley lines with um, uh, with my dowsing rod. Greetings. I hope you didn't read any books about historical witchcraft. Because <laughs> no, I'm not going to just dunk on Wiccans. It's fine. Dunk on Wiccans. <laughs> Do it. Because dunk because it was invented in the 1930s <laughs> or possibly 20s. Yeah. Based on bad Victorian. Look, we all need. Okay. We all need one religious group that we can be bigoted against. So. It's Wiccans. That was the Cornish. <laughs> the Cornish. <laughs> right. I forgot we hate the Cornish. Um, deep, deep cut. That's to go into our, our list of like, people we hate, yeah. We got to involve the whole of Cornwall. Okay. Hello. To Today, the slash this week, we are reading the first third of Lords and Ladies, and we are very excited to do that. I love to read the written word. It's It makes a nice change. Um, mm-hmm. Really good so far, I think. Very good so far. Um I always said this in the in the sort of opening, but like going from mm. a book that isn't very good to reading this one is like <laughs> it's like being slapped, but in like a yeah. pleasurable way. It's like being spanked. Oh, okay. Yeah, going from like a weird uh, reflection of Terra's material, but like done by people who don't really think about any material conditions in which uh, in which their story takes place uh, to like anything that is like at least coherent is uh you know it's a treat like not to not to keep talking about the watch television show i mean it's in the title so i guess it's it's like a thing that will live on in our memories forever in a way yeah a lot of it is already fading but i will uh i will keep uh, keep thinking about girl boss uh sybil who loves police violence a lot yeah um next time i see sybil i will think of her um in the books that's why that's why i don't join the cops is because they don't cop hard enough yeah Yeah. i'm like Mm -hmm. but 
where, why is there no capital punishment? If there was capital punishment, <laughs> then I would become a cop. <laughs> why don't they let me abduct people and uh, they put them in like a re-education camp in my basement? It's the I'm just, rich. Couldn't rightly say. I've, I just finished um, the game Paradise Killer, mm-hmm. and there's a thing in that where whoever you find guilty, you execute with a gun oh. as like your role <laughs> as an investigator. And it's like it's meant to be. I think it's meant to be bad. Like the society yeah. is pretty bad, but still, I'm like I don't agree with this. But you can't stop it. There's no like choice. Other than you just shoot choice? with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love video games. I love when like Bioshock Infinite makes like a big point about how mm, you are the one who does all the killing. You are doing this on purpose. You are so evil, aren't you? Mm. It, mm. it really makes you think about your moral decision. But you literally like can't progress in the game uh, if you don't like kill every single one of a wave of enemies. Like you can't. You're gonna try to like run away from them, but like the game like stops you from running further away. Uh, you cannot <laughs> enter the next like game screen before you've killed like every single one in a wave of enemies coming at you. Well, this is always the funny thing about like Mass Effect, which is that you would kill like hundreds and hundreds of people to like you know it's like the shooting element, and then you'd reach like the plot relevant character, and it'd be like. But will you kill them or will you let them live? <laughs> What's the, this is a morally dubious decision. And it's like, why is this guy important for the rest of them? I could just kill and there was like no consequences or choice. Yeah, um, I started playing The Outer Worlds because uh, it was on sale. Um, mm. It's not so bad for that, but like, <laughs> actually, I'm not sure I have. No, actually, I'm, I'm not sure I have encountered a situation where you have to kill someone yet. Mm. Um. Although I have killed a lot of people. But that's because it's fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's because I like doing it. But no, it. I think it's, I, it's pretty good. It's it's made by the same people who made New Vegas. Uh, Fallout New uh, Vegas. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah games I will just funny. forever be confused by there being an Outer Worlds and an Outer Wilds. Um, yeah, me too. Very different games. Yeah. Um, What's the Outer Wilds? Uh, it's like a sort of independent game where you are like an alien species on this planet and you're caught in some sort of cosmic event where every time you die like time resets yeah and you have Ooh. to like wander around through all the different planets in this in like the area like the solar system you're in and try and figure out what's going on and like it, it's oh, sort of environmental I heard of this one, I think. yeah it's kind Solis. of like the if the environmental passes in the witness were good <laughs> yeah it's supposed to be pretty good it is good yeah i haven't quite mm. finished it because it runs really badly on my laptop but yeah yeah same mm. yeah anyway, is this fun. has been it's it's this like, has been Game Corner. Says yeah, Game Corner. Robin, do you have any games you want to talk about? I literally have only been playing Hades for uh, the last however long it's been since it came out. So. <laughs> that is so dedication no. yeah. to the game Hades. Yeah, and I'm uh. still pleased because when when people talked about like, oh, I, I kept getting defeated by the Bonehinder and it took me, I got it on the second go and I'm still oh, pleased. I, I first tried the Bonehydra. And then, like, on my second, third, fourth, and fifth attempt, I failed at it. <laughs> Guess I just get lucky the first time. No, but, like, uh, for me, I have given up on Hades because, like, the longer I've been playing it, the quicker it's just gonna fucking murder my entire computer while playing it. Like, and it's get, it gets worse every time. Like, because the, f- the first few times it was just, like, crashes of the game. 
and the last time it was like literally my entire com- my entire laptop uh, died of it and it took me like 15 minutes until i was able to start it again oh my god that's just what the last dungeon is it's whether or not your computer can survive it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Isn't it kind anyway. of someone actually made a game that like there's a way of killing your computer with it? I think someone did it as an art project. Mm. Probably. Of course they did. There's a great bit in um is there a game that is like Undertale like closes itself uh when you're playing it once you get to the end? Or like the oh, yeah, first ending. It. Yeah. it like shuts it down and then you have to go up and open it again and then it's like, do you wanna do this? And you have to like choose to like open the game. Pretty good game under tail. Have you heard of it? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, yeah, this this week we read Lords and Ladies. Um, do we want to summarize it or just talk about like the different sections? Uh, a quick summary would be good, I think. Okay. Hmm. So uh, the witches, if you recall, they were abroad, but now they're not. They got back. If, and you, you know them. You, you love them. <laughs> Granny yeah. Weatherwax, Nanny Og, Magret. Uh, they get back and they're like, oh, we've got to get back to witching. Um, Magret goes to see Varence and he sort of assumes that they're going to get married. And she was like hoping for a romantic proposal, but he's like, oh, yeah, the wedding's in two weeks. Cool. He's like, and she's like, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, don't, don't you have to ask? He's like, no, I'm the king. Um, but it's a bit suspicious, and there's there's something going on there, but we don't know what yet. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we hear a lot about the stones, um, the dancers, which are a ring of standing stones um, made of magnetic iron from a meteorite that are sort of bridging... They, they form an area around a sort of break between realities, between our, un- our universe, their universe, and a parasitic universe, where in lives elves, and we don't we haven't seen a lot of them yet. We just see them every now and again. Um, and um, the barrier in between these stones is beginning to weaken uh, because people have been dancing around them. And through it comes a unicorn, which kills a guy, which is pretty rough. <laughs> and R.I.P. Th- this is rough, be- <laughs> yeah, and this has been causing crop circles everywhere, pretty much. At the beginning of the book, we did briefly see Granny Weatherwax as a young girl running through, like, through the bracken, and she talks to the Queen of the Elves, um, who's in the circle. So it's assumed that she can like give power to witches who can see her, or young girls who can see her, or people who can see her. I guess people are being invited to the wedding, which includes uh, Rigkley, Arch Chancellor of the Unseen University, who remembers that. Lanka, even though it's small and like there's nothing there, it's pretty good for like trout fishing and for hunting. <laughs> and there's some like endangered animals that he can go kill, which he loves to do. <laughs> so he persuades the Berza. Well, he tells the Berza that he has to come with him because I guess he doesn't want to go alone. And he's like, we'll 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 go and we'll we'll go to this wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, also coming with him is the librarian and Ponder Stibbins. Um, last scene, I think, in Moving Pictures. Mm-hmm. Where Is he, he not in Repo Room? I don't think no, so. I don't remember him, Fucked up. Um I think they mentioned the high energy building, but they didn't mention yeah. him. Um yeah, so he's like a he's a quantum physicist magician at the high energy building and he, he's coming with them. He's progressed in his career since we last saw him, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's member a of the faculty. Yeah, he's the lowest yeah. member, but he you know, he's got tenure. Pretty exciting. Um 
yeah i'm i'm happy for him like as someone who's like gonna graduate like in <laughs> half a year <laughs> I have no yeah. idea what I'm gonna do after that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Ponda, uh, after graduating, he he got like a like job a at his university, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing research. Um, but yeah, they, they, so they all they basically go on their own little side journey to Lanka, which is fun. I forgot they were in this, or I forgot that they were all in it. I remembered Ridley was in it, but I didn't remember. Yeah, I was gonna say it would have been yeah. tough to forget Ridley's in this book. It's kind of yeah. central. Um, also, they meet Cassinander on the road, so he's coming with them. Um, <laughs> I'm so, so happy to this. see Cassinander again. I knew he's it was back. him. Yeah. He, was, he was a small man. <laughs> yeah. Classic character. Like, oh, it's gotta be, gotta be him. <laughs> but he has a very funny exchange where they're like, where he's like, I'm the world's best liar, and oh no, it's good. Meanwhile, the witches are having an argument because. Uh, Nanny Og and Granny Weatherwax know about the elves and know, they know that they're coming or they can sense that they're probably going to come and they know that they're evil and they won't tell Magra anything about it. Like, they could just say, but they, they choose not to because they're like, oh, she'll just think it's nice. Um, <laughs> and so Magra gets, I think, understandably pissed off and yeah. says that she's going to become a class trader and she's going to go do queen stuff instead and she's going to be like the bestest queen ever and no one can tell her what to do because she'll be the queen so she lives in the palace now (laughs) queen shit yeah and she just spends most of her days like tapestrying and like bothering the servants and getting bored the witches figure out that some young girls who are like you know they're like new age witches and they're like into sigils and runes and tarot cards and stuff which is really cringe um <laughs> they're stealing the main... bones from graveyards <laughs> yeah and selling them on Etsy. um they they've like they've been dancing around the stones because their leader diamanda which is not her real name <laughs> this this book says you're not allowed to change your name. Um, no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I know. One um, of them is called Amanita though, which uh, Amanita, is the genus yeah. of um, the fly agaric mushroom, uh, the yeah. classic toadstool, red and white. Oh. <laughs> Amanita muscaria. Uh, yeah. Used used by um, uh, shamans in, I believe, northern Scandinavia and Siberia. Um, yeah, pretty good. I think. Don't don't eat it. It'll it'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. I won't. Yeah, so the, these girls, there's Diamanda, who's the main one, and she's been getting power from the elves. Um, I think it's implied. And they've all been dancing around the stones, which has been weakening them, but she's the, the, sort of the main one who's been getting power. And then a bunch of other girls who are sort of followers. And the only one that's important, really, is Perdita slash Agnes, who huh, has some power. Interesting. I wonder if she'll return. <laughs> Um, no. Yeah, she she definitely won't be an important character in the future. Do you think? Do you, don't you think it's weird how British people pronounce Agnes in the most horrible way? Like I know. it sounds like a horrible because other Agnes. other languages it's like it's nice. Agnes. It's Agnes nice. Is nice. We say Ag- Agnes. Agnes. <laughs> what Agnes? I don't see Agnes. anything wrong with that. I, She's I not very I think it's nice just... sounding. Agnes. I don't think Agnes is bad sounding. I think we just associate it with like old lady names. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and I like weird old Britain. Uh, of yeah. course, but like everything sounds nicer pronounced French. Like that's yeah, true. it's not unique for Agnes. The <laughs> racism. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, she's um her name is Agnes Knit, which is unfortunate. Um, but not uncommon in Lanka and surrounding area, which there are many terrible names. (laughs) (laughs) It's not as bad as bestiality. Bestiality. (laughs) That was such a great little side. Bestiality Carter. (laughs) Yeah, so we have this whole uh, subplot where because there's all these, like, all this stuff happening for the wedding, I don't know if you've guessed what Shakespeare play this one Mm. is based on. (laughs) No. Um, But there's a group of of uh, rude artisans yes he only There's put a... the word donkey in italics three times <laughs> <laughs> and it's only being held on midsummer's day a donkey day. in a play mm. yeah mm. yeah, and yeah it's no held on I, day. now that you mention it i was wrong it's obviously otello oh yeah <laughs> it, yeah it's, it's othello um, this is henry v <laughs> <laughs> okay this is nothing um so... <laughs> i think it was a great bit okay yes dr right, faustus sorry it was Faust. <laughs> My favorite Shakespeare play. Faust. The, the white devil. Crossed out lords and ladies. Okay. Yeah, so there's a, a group of cunning, uh, rude artificers who are putting on a play and they're like trying to figure out a place to practice where it won't be embarrassing. And one of them is called Bestiality Carter because his parents got confused and named all their daughters after the virtues and then so they named their sons after like sins. Um, which is funny. It's just a really good bit. It's just country folk. They'd be like that. Um, a bit rustic. Bucolic bliss does not breed the wisest of minds. Yeah. According to Patrick Rothfuss. <laughs> the, the main one in there is our good friend Jason Ogg, Nanny's son, who's the blacksmith, and he's, you know, he, he's Jason. pretty good. He like at the beginning. Okay, at the beginning he like shoes Death Horse, and he has to wear a blindfold, and that's pretty cool. Um, just to establish that he's like a good smith, I guess. Mm. To establish he's a main character. Yeah, <laughs> Iron is significant in this book because elves don't like Iron. Um, he's um, Terry Pratchett is is actually like calling back to some real theories about the roles of blacksmiths in ancient societies and how they were viewed there's there's um like mythical tales about mystical blacksmiths and artificers like all across mm. the world um, yeah such as um wayland or verland yeah and Wayland Smith. daedalus and all those sort of people mm. yeah wayland not a great guy no <laughs> i mean the, the the bit where he like uh Shoes Death's horse is uh you know just really good, really atmospheric bit. Um mm. and it also feels like like it, it does give give uh it does give the story like this mythic quality, <laughs> right? Like yeah. does make it uh does make the blacksmith feel like um uh I don't know, it elevates it to like a level of of being tied to this to yeah. these higher forces, I guess. Mm. Yeah, a lot of this 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 book in particular, a lot of the witches ones, but this one is really heavily tied into folklore and myth yeah. and legend. And he's kind of that's a yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a way of sort of establishing that that this yeah. is, this is a this is a Lanka is a land where like it's not quite normal at the best of times, and it's kind of a thin place. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm. And it's, like, one of the first scenes, and I don't know if we've, like, talked about this uh, in in previous episodes, but, like, the, the, like, opening scenes of Terry Pratchett books are always, like, uh, you know, before we get to the story, he's just gonna, like, 
lay on a ton of mood and vibes onto you like yeah, just yeah. To... <laughs> he, he will just good vibes yeah mm-hmm. yeah I like it. yeah like i love I like seeing a... young granny weatherwax that yeah i wanted to talk about the young granny weatherwax thing because it's such a this book has like some really really good moments of like pathos and there's the bit where she's thinking back to when she was young and about the death of her mother and mm. she's like, oh, it didn't really hit me. Um, she's like looking at the clock that her mum used to wind up, and it. She was like, the death didn't really hit me until the next day when the yeah. clock didn't go because she didn't wind it. And I was like, oh, okay, um, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This yeah. this book is very good. Like, it, I mean, I know it's gonna be also for the rest of the book, but like this this <laughs> third of the book uh, is just like really good, Granny Weatherwax. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a really good Weatherwax book, I guess. Like, really, uh, yeah. you know, good about her character or her character development. Even, like, like it, it, it really ties back to both stuff in uh, Lords and Ladies and Weird Sisters, but, like, even to Granny Weatherwax and Equal Rights uh, in, yeah. in what I thought mm. were really meaningful ways. We can discuss those. In a bit, have we finished the summary? I... No. Okay, um, let's let's, let's let there's a bunch of stuff, because there's, there's so many different, like, motifs in this book that's yeah. really interesting like there's this whole stuff with the bees so um granny weatherwax is doing some borrowing to try and figure out who these girls are or like who's dancing up by the stones and she like thinks about how she can never borrow bees because they like think as a hive mm-hmm. mm. um and i think the bee thing comes up with the elves later it's like thematic but there's also a bit where magra goes and talks to the beekeeper and he's like yeah bees are fucked up here's all some stuff about like how the queens <laughs> kill each other <laughs> Um, if it's like too cold or whatever, um, it's interesting. But also, it's, it's almost like the bees are a society. The bees are a society. Damn. Yeah, and um, <laughs> so Granny, she's like, oh, I, I figured out who it is. It's some girls. I don't know what who exactly they are. Nanny knows because she just asked her son, and he told her. <laughs> um, and Granny gets embarrassed by this. Um, but they go to confront them, and then they end up having a duel between granny and diamanda which ends up being like staring at the sun for as long as possible <laughs> presumably <laughs> without going blind um and uh, granny's very tired because she's been trying to hold the elves back at the stones like all night and hasn't slept um but nanny og saves her basically by sending in pusey her horrible grandchild <laughs> who's very sticky who like <laughs> There's like a flash and he like starts crying in the middle of the circle and then Granny like stops to pick him up and Nanny's like, look, she she bent down to save his crying child and that's why she broke eye contact. Isn't that the way of the true witch? And so that's what Granny wants. Everyone claps. Everyone <laughs> claps. But it's kind of also true. I mean, like, it's right. That, they're supposed right, to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You, there's a repeated motif in this of... Um, a, a, a couple times of nanny reminding granny that power isn't everything it's kind of a, a theme if you will mm. running through this book i think yeah <laughs> and it has been power like in the not previous being everything books. yeah like i think it's a really good payoff like in comparison to i feel like this third already uh feels like terry has listened to all the criticisms we've had at uh which is abroad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, about like Granny not facing consequences. Yeah, 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 exactly. Being the way she is or anything, it just being like she can do it because she's Granny and she's cool. Um, mm. but but it, yeah, it, it, we do. We get this. Um, 
you know, Granny tries to find out who's dancing around the stones using uh, borrowing with a bat, and it doesn't really yeah. work. And then Nanny just yes. finds out. Yeah, she just um, asks because it's the easiest then, way. And then we get um, we get Nanny saving her from this this stupid and pointless duel of staring yeah. at the sun like you're some kind of president of America. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then you, you see Granny learns from that in later yeah. when some of the uh, teen the teenage witches Sabrina's come up. Um, <laughs> come to come to ask how to how to be a witch and ask ask them sort of very ashamedly to teach them and she says knock my hat off mm. um and then teaches them a lesson that it's not all about power um yeah. because they all fail to do it using magic and then nanny knocks her hat off with tries to knock her hat off with a stick and yeah. it's like damn you know maybe maybe even though maybe uh even though a nanny no granny is a is a very powerful witch and a long established character as being extremely powerful and wise um maybe maybe people don't always have uh, everything sorted out maybe they will sort of fall into bad habits and self doubt mm. and need other people to pick them up and help them yeah. but, but what if it's, it's, it's nanny just had like a really special powerful stick <laughs> it's like he really is a magic <laughs> stick yeah yeah because like granny's always saying that the thing about magic is knowing when you don't have to use it and when it's easier to just do other things yeah, yeah. um and she sort of loses that a bit at this point because like we, we hear she believes that she's going to die she keeps she's she's both getting weird deja vu flashes from parallel universes and also she feels like she's about to die and this is like causing her a bit of a problem mentally at this point <laughs> she's which, not which i think is understandable at, the, at her best she has yeah. no no future memories they stop don't they yeah. yeah um so she's like okay uh i don't know what's gonna happen in the future i think that's about where we're at yeah um Diamante um, or whatever is Di- Diamanda. She, yeah, she yeah. goes off running towards the stones, presumably to like. She's angry and she's going to probably do something stupid. I think she got owned in the marketplace of ideas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and also the marketplace of Lancre, but that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, we Thank we also Robert. saw Mag- Margaret went down to watch the duel as well. She was also there. Um, yeah, because she you know she she wants to be involved even though she's pretending she doesn't. Because mm-hmm. um, she's still a witch, um, she says she wakes up and is like, "No, she isn't a witch anymore." But I don't believe her. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think um, this is sh- going to be short-lived. Um, I, I was going to say as well that it is very funny. This whole thing about um, girls changing their names and trying to be like fancy, fancy cool witches, because this is like a thing he does a lot with witches, where there'll be like some young witch who wants to be cool and like talk about magic as if it's like an arcane force or whatever like this happens a lot in um the tiffany aching books yeah there's like a yeah. girl who's very similar to diamanda and that <laughs> and who's like an antagonist <laughs> and i don't want to speculate too much but i think that some of that might be the product of having a daughter um because uh-huh. i think i think <laughs> he has a goth daughter and he got mad yeah i think he's also he doesn't probably i don't think he likes hippies very much <laughs> no <laughs> And or to he, be fair, hippies are kind of irritating. <laughs> but it's like uh, he doesn't like he doesn't believe in new age shit, really, does he? No, um, no, not at all. I mean, or anything, but like specifically that. Also, there was a great bit in this where um, 
they mentioned uh, the flavors of Thorn, <laughs> which is like a like a quark <laughs> joke, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, one of <laughs> them like, was yeah. like sexy. One of them's peppermint. Se- yeah, sex, sex appeal. appeal. Yeah, sex appeal. Well, because they obviously <laughs> one of the quarks is called charm, which is very funny, and so it's like <laughs> a good joke. Thank you, Terry. My my quark, the strength dexterity. Oh god, you could definitely make a T-shirt and sell that to people like you get loot. I'm the quark, sure but exists. they're all just D and D fucking. Uh, oh my god, that's that mm. one one thousand percent. That has been done, and also has the face of Sheldon Cooper on it somehow. <laughs> Bazinga, <laughs> the Bazinga quark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why my, am I doing this to myself? <laughs> my hadron duck goes quack quack. Okay. I've got uh, a large hadron. Let's collide, baby. Ha ha. Okay. Ha ha. Uh-huh. I fucking love science. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I so almost said this on a previous episode, book. like how are there not like top button jokes about quarks? That that could be like a thing where it's like, <laughs> I'm I'm a top, you're a bottom. Let's be quarks together or something. Yeah. <laughs> Two tops and a bottom. Um, call that a <laughs> positron experience. Okay. Um, three quarks from Mustermark. Yeah. So well, my quark. Yeah, I my just quark I think me. that's no. I'm <laughs> yes. My quark, my quark, and me. God fucking damn. That's it. very good. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's just like a lot of elements in this that are already setting it up to be like a really interesting story and like having the wizards involved and wrinkly we hear once dated a girl from like uh, Hmm. a not very pretty but very forceful Hmm. who could it be (laughs) yeah eyes like that dwarf that dwarf yeah delicatessens we missed this joke (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad to see it back this is the thing this this i i i just this is like the third time saying it but it's so nice to read a good book. It's so nice to read a good book. <laughs> this book is funny. I think it very effortlessly cuts between very um, deep emotional beats um, into jokes. And I think it balances tone really well in this one. I think better than some of his other books have. Yeah, for um, sure. Certainly better than Patrick Rothfuss. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, but Robin, have you considered that the Granny Weatherwax is kind of a country bumpkin? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a floor of hers. Bit of a country country bumpkin, but you know, these can't, characters are can't changing, all be winners. Which uh, must mm. be bad writing. Very yeah, writing. I, I'm very confused about how, like, in in the previous books, Granny Weatherwax was like, "Oh, I can do anything. I'm the most powerful witch alive." Oh, and in this one, she's like doubting herself and going tired and thinking about how she's gonna die like that's that's not the same character what the <laughs> fuck i thought a great character moment was um <laughs> them talking about uh how because witches traditionally are like chosen by an older witch who then like teaches yeah. them um and they're like sort of a servant stash student um, but Granny Weatherwax was like, no, I chose. I, like, camped out until they accepted me. Um, which, rules, which is very actually. in character. Well, because yeah. we hear about her in the beginning as well, that they don't want to teach her because she's, like, too proud and too willful mm-hmm. and too much of kind of a bitch. <laughs> which is just very good, I think. Oh, I love her. She's so good. 
I think one of the things that I do really like about these these this story and the other <laughs> world in general is that um anybody can do magic. And like obviously you have sorcery which is different but like they they say in this like anyone can be a witch. It you don't need to do anything special. Anyone can do it. Yeah, I mean there is a tendency it's like um you get it in the Tiffany Aching, what they look for specifically is people with natural talent, which means that you can see well. Like you have they call it first sight. Yeah. Um Yeah. But <laughs> even that is like not you know It's, it's not, not like genetic, it's, it's not like a, a superpower. It's type. like being able to see what's there basically. Yeah. Yeah. Reading It's the an chair. attitude. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the difference between witches and wizards as well, because wizards have to be eight sons of eight sons. Oh true. Um But they suck anyway, so Yeah. <laughs> And they're going to have four square meals a day. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute kings, to be honest. <laughs> they're just academics, though, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not much. I, I did enjoy the bit about them not being uh, breakfast people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I do really, I did really, I have really enjoyed all the Red Cully bits in this so far. He's, um, I have a very clear image in my mind of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very enjoyable. <laughs> It, I like to think he's always got like a pheasant slung over one shoulder, <laughs> like a, a dead one. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst kind of. He's great. He's um, the best. Yeah. Like Ritker is the kind of character you don't want to be around, but you love to read about him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is our um, first introduction of dried frog pills as well. For the oh, Bursa. classic bit. I have yeah. a the Bursa is going ah. downhill. <laughs> <laughs> But there is not in a good place mentally. <laughs> he will not get better. <laughs> I um when I ordered the I support the Sunshine Sanctuary for Dragons mug and also the little notebook I got, they sent me a free tin of frog pills. So Well mm. now you know oh, what nice. it means. Yeah. Well uh They're very minty. So Robin, you support the Sun Sunshine Sanctuary for locking up criminals and <laughs> trying to brainwash them. I know, I feel like this monk has taken on a new meaning now. <laughs> Lady, Lady Sybil's MK Ultra dead. <laughs> That's a good... We should sell that. That should be some of this podcast merch. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we should have merch, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should. Uh, I think I Who's think good we, at drawing? We, we will not pay. <laughs> Think of the exposure. We will sell you, but we will sell your work, but we won't pay you for it. That's because we're good leftists and we don't believe in money. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we have it, in which case we do. Look, um, all the income is gonna go uh, for a for a good cause, which means into our wallets. Yeah. It's a very good cause. I need yeah. money. In- oh, I into my into my sewing fund. Yeah. Hell yeah! It's payday. Oh hell yeah! Oh, Happy payday! payday. Mm. Happy payday! Um, I wish it was my payday. God, what um, do we want to talk about? There's, there's a ton. There's I love the, I love the elf shit. Uh, there's gonna be more later, but mm. what? Uh, yeah. Like it even, I, I guess, I guess I'm gonna ask you, Robin, because you haven't read this one before. What's your impression of the elves so far? Um, having not really knowing much about the elves in this, and also not knowing really anything about the elves in the movie Bright, I feel like they have similar vibes, <laughs> but I can. <laughs> But I couldn't tell you why. Um, I guess calling them like the gentle folk or gentlemen or lords and ladies, literally, that kind of makes me think of them as like rich bitches. Kind of, yeah. Ooh, sort of. But more evil. They're, they seem yeah, sexy, good. though. They get, 
The el- mm, the elves in this are good. They're fucking. It's they're great. Horrible. Yeah, they seem yeah. really. It's exactly. such a good characterization of. <laughs> we we get one. Um, we get like a few throwaway lines where we get to see them in their world, um, which is snowy, and the the stones are taller there, and. It says the queen is in her palace, like dreaming all the time, which is all very—it's very emotive and very interesting. Yeah. Mm, I mean, honestly, like I think constantly lit by the aurora. I, I think yeah. like ninety-five yeah. percent of uh, of the Chandra and Patrick Rothfuss stole from the Discworld elves. Like that's <laughs> that seems pretty <laughs> obvious to me. Oh, but he would never rip anybody off. No, it was a completely it, original story. <laughs> completely original. <laughs> I mean, the whole idea of elves being kind of evil is like, you know, that's just tradition. Wait. Um, so some, yeah, in, in some things. Um, well, yeah, you I know, they, they steal you away, you go dancing, and then it's like 20 years or something, and you yeah. come back and everyone's oh, I dead. Lo- I love that one. Yeah. The, <laughs> the ones of, uh, like, you go off to fairyland, and you're like, ah, I should probably go home. I've been here, like, here a week. And they're yeah. like, okay, don't get off your horse. And so you, you, you ride back into your village, and... Mm. no one no you don't recognize anyone and they're all like oh your family they died a hundred years ago yeah. you disappeared <laughs> and then you get off your horse and turn to dust yeah you crumble into dust yeah <laughs> that's a really Classic. old story there's, there's japanese versions of that one that yeah there's story. lots of very similar yeah. sort of but like, like there's like hints induction. here where uh where like uh, granny and nanny are like oh we, we can't tell uh Magret about the about them because she's gonna think she's gonna think they're like romantic. She's gonna think yeah. they're nice. Which like you yeah. can just tell her that they're not, and I'm pretty sure yeah. she'd believe you. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not something we can answer now. But I think the this book's relationship and Terry Pratchett's relationship with romanticism is very interesting. Yeah, and I mm. think at the end of this book we can have a have a more int- like a more in depth discussion <laughs> about it. But. There is, uh, you know, because there's this sort of condemnation on his part of romanticism and New Age stuff, which, you know, I, I'm inclined to agree with it. <laughs> um, but equally, the book, the Lankra itself is a creation of like romanticized elements of a, of a sort of British bucolic peasant-like existence. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is kind of a romantic place in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's, it's romantic with like undercuttings, you know, everything's... Everything's a bit silly. Even the king doesn't really do anything. People just kind of get on with it. And be- <laughs> yeah, people call their children bestiality. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he like he has this weird thing where he very strongly believes in like practicality and pragmatism mm. um, to a level where he almost he like romanticizes the concept of like country pragmatism or like countryside practicality, which is really, it's because sometimes he'll be like, Oh, the country folk are stupid and the witches hate them a lot, but that's fine because that's their people. And that's just how it is sometimes. Um, Whereas other times he's like, they're all just like great country folk who are just getting on with things. And the King keeps like wandering around trying to tell them how to breed their pigs where they just, he just (laughs) needs to leave them alone because they know how to breed their pigs. (laughs) Uh, He's trying to introduce crop rotation. Um, Yeah. It's, it's this sort of very interesting relationship with this sort of strange, I don't know, like 16th century fake British um country sort of yeah. existence um it is very 
yeah i think it's it is interesting for sure mm. yeah and it will continue throughout pretty yes, much no, all will. of the witches books mm. and in tiffany Aking oh, books especially well. tiffany and i think it's that it's like most both directions in the tiffany one where he is that yeah. it's most like country people are stupid and won't do what you tell them and will drink like dirty water and die of cholera because they're <laughs> stupid and also living in the countryside is great because you're like connected to the land and farmers are great and they think about sheep all the time and that's cool yeah um, <laughs> it's cool i mean well, Coley kind of has that romanticism i guess like of yeah. course he's also like okay i can fish trout and hunt animals or whatever but he is like even though like his connection to nature is very much predatory i guess (laughs) he's still like also totally out of place like in ankh-morpork right or in the university like uh like he does genuinely want to go to lanka he's one of the few country wizards it's i think that's yeah established in other books i want to talk about uh society um Mm. all right what do we live in one of those oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) according to the snyder cut we do um oh shit yeah uh, I know. Anyway, I'm not going to get sidetracked by that. Um, <laughs> the, so, uh, society and um, the bees and the whole thing about Granny Weatherwax and power. And even with all her powers, she can't control the bees, um, which is society. Because you can't. You can't control that many people and you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> and then Magrat learning about the bees and the beekeeper being like yeah they do what they want um and they will kill each other but does she learn how yeah. to control the swarm is that is that gonna ruin the metaphor for me <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> i still think i'm right okay i mean i think this my interpretation of this first third is right if she okay. does learn how to mm-hmm. control the swarm, I like that less, but sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. Um, I think there's a definite... I think there is, like, a definite... Like, the bee society is, like, the elf society in that there's, like, drone elves and there's, like, queen elf. I mean, it, bees have been used as a fucking, um, like, exabeefer society for years. There's a, a famous... I think it's either the 17th or 18th century thing called the fable of the bees and it, it was a sort of gr- really important gr- like political text about how society works oh, and i think i know that yeah yeah i think it's a i can't i can't remember what the message of it was but i, I think it was sort <laughs> of utilitarian it was like we all have to have our set but in the sort of way that we have to have our set roles so that society functions as like a machine and it's kind mm. of a, an early example of people thinking of society in this sort of you know, who hierarchies make a machine run, like different cogs mm. turn to do different things. Did you ever read um, The Bees by Laleen Paul? It's a mo- r- sort of relatively recent book, at least in the no. last 10 years, I think. Not The Bees. Not The, the Bees. bees. <laughs> yeah, The Bees. <laughs> <laughs> not The Bees. Um, 18th century. Oh, not this one, though. This one. Not the, those, those bees. These bees. Um, which was like, a, I guess, kind of similar to that. Which was like a yeah. story that was framed in kind of like, oh, this is a young adult novel kind of way uh, in like a dystopia, except it's literally about bees. And the metaphors all kind of fall flat because it's, it's very literally about bees. <laughs> um, 
who have... Do you very- like jazz? <laughs> <laughs> they just have very different ways of living than humans. And um, I personally, if I was a queen bee, wouldn't feel a sense of joy at the continuation of my hive as I watched a drone mate my daughter um, mm. as wasps attacked her home. <laughs> A weird book. You would be like, damn, this is if relatable. I, 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 if I were a bee, I would just, I would just leave. I would go somewhere else. I would be a sigma bee. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah. I mean, a lot I of bee species bee, would... are solo, so I would be one of the solo bees. Sigma um, bees mm. hanging out. If I were a bee, I would like cock a human. I think that would be fun. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I'm getting cut yeah. by a bee. <laughs> like, apparently the fable of bees actually is it's not about what i was talking about oh um, okay it's about how um private vices create social benefits uh, oh hell yeah it's about the collapse of a beehive after the bees decide to live by honesty and virtue that's very funny <laughs> it's it's basically uh yeah it's it's like capitalist laissez-faire stuff <laughs> I that's love that. interesting I, I do believe in private vice yeah yeah like well, it was I written in 1714 they were all bad <laughs> <laughs> um that's wild i <laughs> i'm sorry I'm, I'm really stuck on this sigma b thing can you imagine if instead of like um the the wolf mentality incels had latched onto b structures mm-hmm like, oh my god! The, the wolf mentality that is obviously like also <laughs> they're all totally male. accurate about wolves. <laughs> the drone. Yeah. <laughs> are you a drone male? A sigma ma- a, si- a, fuck. a, a queen, queen male? male? <laughs> drone drones drones are are the males. Are you a nurse? I, mean, I guess male? the queen bee queen bee is just a girl boss, uh, and is. the drone is just a male wife. So speaking of girl yeah. boss, um. Granny Weatherworks is extremely <laughs> girl boss gatekeeper gaslighter in this because she's like, I'm yeah, going to gatekeep Magrat from knowing about the elves. She's and also then, yeah, gatekeeping she's... the 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 kids, like the teenage witches. Kids. And she's yeah. she's like definitely gaslighting them somehow. I can't be bothered to explain why or, or look back. The viewers will know. Yeah. She's she's always doing stuff like where she's like drink this and it's just like coloured water or something in a bottle. So she's like sort of gaslighting there. I yeah, guess. the placebo mm. effect is gaslighting. <laughs> it is. You heard it here first. <laughs> Look, let's be honest. Doctors will, would do that if they could. Doctors be gaslighting. I think they that's kind true. of do. They give people they give people paracetamol for like not paracetamol. They give people antibiotics for colds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because people just shout at them until they give them. Yeah. 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 It's cool yeah. stuff. Um, bro, you got MRSA in your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but I was gonna talk office. about like how the how the, how satisfying this uh, this Grand Weatherwax arc is like compared to the last books. I just think he he like wrote Small Gods and he's like I'm a new guy. I'm a new guy. Now. <laughs> Maybe I've all these I've got all these ideas about like characters and how they can change and i'm gonna gonna put this in my next book i think that comes about in reaper man a a lot too as well with death going through so many changes in that yeah 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 i mean obviously this isn't actually the first book where he does character development but (laughs) this might be (laughs) i do think like the the sort of the richness of the plot is like i guess similar to like the writing in small gods it is i think yeah, I think that's um, where he found like 
Fatty do really like Reaper Man too, but but I I do think like Small Gods felt like a different kind of book when we read that, like pacing wise yeah. and structure wise, and the way that everything seemed to tie to into the story instead of being like plot stuff, throwaway joke stuff, uh, plot stuff, you know, which which was in a lot of the earlier books, like which was totally the case in Witches Abroad, I think. Um, yeah, and in this one, it's it's also like really tight. Uh, it really feels. Really feels me- meaningful or purposeful, like everything that that happens in it. Like even if it's like, you know, a good comparison to Witches Abroad would be like when Granny Weatherwax had the epic card game, which <laughs> great scene. Love to read it. It was really well written, really fun to read. But at the end, it was really just like, look how epic Granny Weatherwax is. <laughs> She's Isn't she the coolest? Boss. She's Isn't she a girl boss? boss? Yeah, just owns people. It's fun. And yeah, in this one, cool. the like when when the kids show up, uh, and they're like, uh, "Let's let's have a fight," and she like immediately is like, "Tomorrow at noon." Yeah, she's like, "Yeah, it's, yeah. we'll it's find on site." Seventeen-year-old girl, and immediately yeah. as they leave, the nanny og is like, "What the fuck?" And Granny is like, oh my god, I fucked up. <laughs> if I, if I lose, that's gonna be the most embarrassing thing. And if I win, it's still like, oh, you defeated a 17-year-old at witching. That's cool. so cool. Yeah. It's like me, it's literally the me sewing. Haha, <laughs> yes, this rules. Me reaping. Oh no, yeah. this fucking oh, sucks. No. Oh no. Yeah, this makes like, when they do the staring contest, it makes that feel like much less... Uh, you know, it's not the like instant gratification that the card game was in Witches Abroad, but it, it's more like, uh, well, you do kind of, you don't want Granny Weatherwax to lose, right? You don't want her to no. be yeah. outdone by a young 17-year-old uh, witch. Uh, but, you know, like even when she wins, it's with Nanny Og's uh, help with, with like yeah. basically kind of cheating. Um which or is like sort of like, sort of like the end of um, Weird Sisters, where she was like, "I'm going to remove the barrier in the queen's brain, and yeah. she's going to be like, oh, I'm evil." <laughs> and then instead, she was like, "I love it." <laughs> she's like, "It's super cool, actually." <laughs> Which it, it is interesting because, and then in in Witches Abroad, she had like the whole fight with Mrs. Gogol, where she just like owned her. Yeah. And was like, I'm, I'm the best at this, actually. <laughs> so yeah, this is sort of almost like a return to like weird sister stuff i think it is in some ways and and also like the the other thing i f- i found really interesting like in regards to uh, equal rights is is the bit where she's like out borrowing mm. uh, yeah and that's yeah. like I, I what i th- f- thought was really interesting is where nanny og is like um i never borrow uh, magret doesn't borrow like granny weatherwax is one of the very few witches who actually still does borrowing Mm, yeah. Which makes it really interesting in retrospect that she that was like the first thing she thought she taught this child who wanted to yes. learn about the about witchcraft, I guess. Like, and of course Terry didn't intend it back then, but I thought it was like a really this is I I think this is good world building. Like this is good uh, a good way of retconning something that happened in an earlier book to be like wait yeah. that's. That's not like the normal witch thing. It's just like her way. And maybe she was kind of out of line teaching this method that is like very controversial even among other witches to to like a child. Yeah. 
Well, there's like a thing that witches have different styles and um, they tend to teach, I think, their students their own specific yeah. style um, or like get paired up with girls who have a sort of more... Uh, who, who are suited to their style of magical teaching. I mean, I don't know, this isn't really established at this point, but is established more later in the Tiffany A. King books. I think it kind of comes uh, across, though. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And so... <laughs> It is like a thing where um, Granny doesn't take on students. Um, this is also established later, but she, apart from Esk, Esk was like the only student she ever had. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know if she saw her as a failure or thought, I'm not the sort of person who can teach like this and I shouldn't have another one. Mm. Um, but it is, very, yeah, it is very interesting with like the way her, she is so powerful and her style of magic does diverge so much from Magritte's and from Nanny Ox, and that's good for the plot, obviously, and, like, for character and everything, but it is also interesting for that sort of, the witch world building, I mm. think. Um, that yeah. she's sort of out there doing this kind of freaky mind shit that maybe other witches are uncomfortable with. I <laughs> uh, know the dangers of, because it's not just that it's hard to do, but that it's very easy to get absorbed into it and to not return, which happens. I think has happened a lot from what they, they say mm. to other witches. Hmm. Do you think we're almost supposed to see Granny as someone who is... I mean, I think we are supposed to see Granny as someone who's kind of almost too extreme. Like, she yeah. is balancing on an edge. She is, she, mm. her, yeah. her style is on a, on the, on a, on a knife blade. Mm. And I think that's why she doesn't take new pupils, really. Yeah, uh, she'll yeah. cut them up. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, you know she's she's aware that like she's not always doing the best thing, despite the fact she's probably the most powerful witch and the one who knows the most sort of esoteric, not, not esoteric, like a sort of occult and folkloric stuff. Uh, yeah she's not always that's not enough because a witch isn't supposed to just be someone who shoots bad things with their powerful magic they're <laughs> they're a they're a social they're, they have a social function and a social role and they're supposed to be protecting their communities mm. um and i think i think it's it's not it's it's just a really nice character moment not it, it, it's a nice character building not just in uh for granny um, but also for like the relationship between Granny and Nanny, uh, yeah. that, that she is being reminded constantly of what what it is to be a witch, whilst also acting as this authority figure. And it's like, I don't know. It, it, it's she's a human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it feeds into the sort of some of the stuff that was sort of. I don't know. Obviously, it it didn't like work that well thematically in Witches Abroad, but there is always this thing that she tends towards evil, or like she has an instinct towards being bad, or mm. like the fact that she's powerful makes her more attracted to doing sort of bad things that would make life easier, but she doesn't, and that's sort of her struggle is like trying not to be evil. <laughs> Yeah. Or embrace power too much. And that feeds, I think, into this elf plotline um, that we've got the beginnings of, which is that it attracts like girls who are, who want power or want to be powerful and are tired of being talked down to and so like go to the elves to get like quick power without the work. Um like Diamanda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
She's like, I hate all, I hate these old bitches. I'm gonna go get some <laughs> elf power, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna own them publicly. <laughs> Except it didn't work. <laughs> it is also funny that all this happened mostly because they were away for so long as well, and they sort of like, yeah. they haven't been protecting the community enough because they've been on holiday for too long. <laughs> yeah, because they went to see the elephant. <laughs> they had to see the elephant. Yeah. What do we think of Verence in this? Yeah, you I don't know, know how... what's up with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know how Terry is so good at writing romance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a great couple! That's Looking so great good for, for them. each other. It's so cute. I love them. They're my OTP. <laughs> I love that he's just like, we're getting married. I got you a dress and a bunch of new clothes that queens wear. Uh, see you later, I guess. <laughs> see you at the wedding. I feel like. This is definitely Terry aware that he doesn't like writing romance. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what if I just made this guy extremely bad at it so that he'd essentially decided it had already been done? Yeah. <laughs> and then it wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. What if it was just assumed that they're going to get married and he already like, knows that she's going to agree? Uh, pretty cool. I mean... He knew she was coming home. He knew when she'd be back and everything. Yeah. Makes you think. It mm. does make you think. Mm. It's making me mm. think. What's all that about? What's up with this mm. guy? What's his deal? I, what is I've his deal? Thunk. You know, he's just... He he was a clown and now he's a king. And now he's serious. And he wants to hey. do crop rotation. And he's reading a lot of books. Yeah, and he was all such a funny clown. clown. <laughs> yeah, he was so good at clowning. <laughs> I think he should go back to that. I think it's better. Um... <laughs> I do think it's funny, Terry's like, um, he read a lot of books and came up with the unusual belief that King's jobs is to make life better for, like, everyone. Yeah. Do you think uh, Terry Pratchett saw the Akira Kurosawa film, <laughs> uh, Ran, uh, in which <laughs> a, a wise jester uh, talks talks sense to his uh, ad- adult and uh, dying king? I, yes, that's not at all like a Shakespeare play or anything. No, no, there's nothing to do with Shakespeare. Okay. I do love that this podcast is, uh, has evolved into... Uh, like, or how do I put it? That our listeners will always know exactly what movie George watched last. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, any of us have been watching. Hey, I watched, Star Tro- I, I watched Starship Troopers the other day for the first time, and I didn't talk anything about that. Oh, damn. Oh, what, I, didn't, what did you think I didn't enjoy it very much. Oh, really? <laughs> didn't you? It's all right. I don't know. Uh, I get what he's doing, but uh, <laughs> Pat- Patrick, uh, Pat- Neil Patrick Harris looks, looks like a Nazi. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you like it when they go, I'm doing my part? Um, that was quite funny. Good. Like there's some bits, you know, there's some bits that are funny, like, but mostly I was have just sex sort of, in this mm. tent. Don't you like when cool. the big bugs tear the uh, beautiful bodies of these of these guys apart? Yeah, yeah. Didn't you like yeah. the <laughs> naked shower scene? That was quite funny. Didn't you like how this they're, is the all white, yeah, they're all They're all from. Um, they're they're all like you know they're from they're from like South America and they're like all dressed like Nazis. <laughs> Um. <laughs> Hola, me llamo, me llamo Juan, Juan Goebbels. <laughs> um, I can't I, believe you haven't seen it before. I, I like, I like Starship Star, Star Troopers a lot. I haven't seen it before, and, and I don't know anything about it. And I honestly, everything you've just said, I couldn't describe <laughs> what 
this it's movie like, is about at all. It's like an ironic sci-fi movie about mm. killing aliens, but also kind of about fascism. Yeah, it was based yeah. on a book that is fascist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was based on it. a it book like, that was genuinely was, like, fascist irony. and also was done during the Bush years. So yeah, <laughs> no, the book, the Bush, the book wasn't. No, the book oh, wasn't. The book was from the fifties, but the movie was like. Like the Poverhoven also like uh, mm. said himself that he was like you know using the books that he was like noticing how the book is like genuinely yeah. fascist and he was like trying to show that like that as that fascist aesthetic to do a commentary on like the Iraq War. Yeah, Paul Verhoeven didn't read the book. He he read like part of it and said this is this is boring and sad. <laughs> got got the writer to explain the rest of it to him. Which I think is great. I would say Paul Verhoeven's like a lost art form is the audio commentary and Paul Verhoeven has like the best yeah. audio commentaries. Like he there's both like some genuine great insights where he's gonna uh, explain like how some shit was done but then he's also gonna uh, go on rants about how <laughs> people were like they didn't get it was a satire and they were like why are you making them uh, so obviously Nazis that's like the Nazis are bad <laughs> why are you making them look like Nazis and <laughs> and, and, and he was like well if they look like Nazis maybe maybe I'm trying to say that they're bad <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he did it two years after Showgirls. That's so funny to me. I haven't seen Showgirls yet. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! We we should do a Showgirls I watch night. I do kind of want to watch. That's it. an insane movie. Um, yeah, yeah. I think about the dog food scene, which I have seen. <laughs> doggy Chow. <laughs> I love Doggy Chow. Um, <laughs> she's in. Um, she was in Riverdale. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> of course she was. Well, they love camp, so they'll just get any actresses who like are known for camp, and they yeah. just stick them in. Karl um, McLachlan is in Showgirls. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yes, he is. Wait, Karl McLachlan was in Showgirls. Yes. yes. Oh no. Oh, that's no, what the second. I was still like... thinking of. I was still thinking of Riverdale. Oh, uh, I wish Karl McLachlan would go in an episode of Riverdale. He'd fit perfectly. He should, though. God. I mean, I what's her name's the... there? Ma- the f- Munchinamics is there, so yeah. I don't know why. The fact that they've like. Uh, recreated several like scenes and lots of aesthetic from um twin peaks I'm, yeah. I'm, if they could get him in they, i'm sure they would yeah, yeah. they, yeah, he they just probably doesn't want to okay. <laughs> george have you seen that um the newest season of riverdale just has veronica being um the guy from... gems. Gems. yeah <laughs> that's so incredible that's such geniuses <laughs> <laughs> isn't this isn't it supposed to be for teens like have teens seen no. uncut gems <laughs> they, no, they honestly no. don't it's for care. exactly us they've yeah. seen the <laughs> teens have seen the fucking this is how i win meme yeah they know yes. i mean the teens might have seen uncut gems i don't know yeah i really I'm, don't, I'm not a teen don't so. understand don't be the <laughs> the guy we parodied last episode <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, like, yeah. a bunch of the jokes in it aren't stuff that teens would understand, which is why it's so, like, weird and unrelatable, which is what's great. They, like, love to make references to stuff that happened in, like, the 70s or whatever. Yeah, but, like, weren't you, when um, you were at, a like, teen, weird weren't movies. you always feeling very smart when you got, like, references that your generation isn't supposed to understand? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I never got any references Yeah, I know, TV. Same. Yeah. When Riverdale, like, names characters after like the characters in the Hitchcock movie rope I'm like yeah that's like 
<laughs> that's, that's a great reference that I caught on my own. Um, <laughs> Cut to Chaz looking through the TV tropes page of all the references <laughs> for Riverdale. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Um, uh, great uh, anyway, uh, lords and ladies, it's it's just like the Shakespeare play Midsummer's Night Dream. Oh, really? I love this repeated what? motif that they do where King he's Lady. like. Witches books? That's just like Shakespeare. Um, yeah, King Lear is a ran, but but I don't think I don't think this is King Lear. Maybe I this isn't based yes. on the Akisawa Kuros, Ak- uh, Akira Kurosawa movie run. I don't know. It's based on the maybe, Lion King. Maybe Yanush. It's maybe the Lion King. It, it did base fucking Weird Sisters on what the fuck is that movie called? Macbeth. Yeah. No, there's a Kurosawa movie about that. Oh, yeah, Throne of Blood. <laughs> Throne of Blood, Throne yeah. Of Blood. Yeah, he based it on Kurosawa's Throne of Blood, so this is probably also on a Kurosawa movie. When I did watch that talk about film movies? for watching that. When have uh, you guys... For watching... It's <laughs> all right. Have you never seen a movie? I've never seen <laughs> a movie. I've never seen a movie. <laughs> 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 okay, this is getting away from yeah. us. I'm reining this in. I'm putting a lasso around uh, all, all right, the comedy Scooby Doo movie, and I'm movement, and I'm just like I'm pulling it taut, so you're all like in a little bundle together mm-hmm. in a rope. Cool. Um, Look, we yeah, had, we, need, we like needed that. a good like uh, getting away from the from the topic because the last like four episodes of this podcast were like horrifyingly on topic. Yeah. 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 Like people it's might to start criticize. to forget that it's us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but like, who are these people who care hostage, about media? <laughs> They haven't mentioned anything stupid and off-topic in, like, four <laughs> episodes. We, we finally hired... They finally got a script act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great minds. Nice. This podcast is so rewarding for um, people who come back week after week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the real heads, you know. Yeah, it's the law. Yeah, um, it's... I mean, you... You might say the the medium of the podcast is basically the message. Yeah. yeah. Should we have a wine update on what I'm drinking? Yes. I'm drinking yeah. uh, gar- Garnacha Roble from Navarra. Mm. Oh. 2018. That sounds nice. 2018. That's a great year, mm. probably. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I had half a bottle uh, of Corona earlier. Ooh. Good thing you've been vaccinated. <laughs> and then now I'm drinking water. I had a small gin and tonic about about three hours ago, and now I am. I just finished my water, mm. and so I'm just I'm just bare throwing it for the rest of this. <laughs> I had it turned off a land beer like a few hours ago. It's not very good. It's uh-huh. the it's the cheap beer you get at the at the store next door. Anyway, what's the drunken market? I've had um, a land beer. It's called Sandorfa. It's like Sandorfa. Ooh. I'm about yeah. to send off at these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> send off a better beer, am I right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, pretty fucked up what what that unicorn do. Yeah, that unicorn just killed a guy. I did love that bit where Nanny Og was like talking to the guys at the um the smithy and she was like, I need you all to look after the widow up in the widow scrope, Bappin Slice, and they're like, She's not a widow, and she's like, What of that? <laughs> because they found the guy's body <laughs> fucking pierced through this is this is like classic uh you know this is 
we mentioned like the, the last the last witch's book uh which is abroad had like bits that went like really into dark fairy tale stuff and ultimately it didn't pay off but still like the the red riding hood scene pretty horrific and i think like yeah having a you know classic fairy tale creature uh of the unicorn um which is supposed to be just like Pure. Fun My Little Pony times. It's um, a virgin horse. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a horse, but it loves virgins. A horse for incels. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an incel horse? Oh my god. <laughs> for, I'm tweeting that. Yeah, and I mean, incels okay. are always saying, uh, you know, maybe maybe the government should provide us with sex workers to um, to lose our <laughs> insanity. <after> <laughs> um, so... You know, maybe. <laughs> I don't think I can tweet twice in a row about incels, can I? It's just looking like a theme. Yeah, I was I was looking at your Twitter and I was like, hmm, might be too much mm, about We were just going to say horse for you, incels. Yeah, someone else. Someone else uh, I'll, I'll tweet it. I was going to yeah, tweet you it. Uh, unicorns are ho- incel horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very um, horny. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Oh! Oh! oh. <laughs> Actually, I think you'll find it's a tooth derived from the Nar Wall. Okay. Yeah, but this is this is Terry's thing where he's like, well, horses, unicorns, you know, everyone thinks they're pretty, but they are just horses with a big like spike on the front. Yeah, and aren't horses either? Yeah. No. Yes. There's a much more deadly version of a horse, which is already pretty capable. Already pretty evil. Like imagine it was even Mm. more. It was even more fucked up. I do like when you go to like medieval armor collections or something in a museum and you get the the, the piece of armor that you'd put on the front of the horse's head. I can't remember what it's called. The horse Um, helmet. Horse face. Yeah, why not? Um, (laughs) But sometimes they do have like a spike, (laughs) like a unicorn. Yeah. It's like, are you hoping that your your horse is going to run into someone with the the front of its head? Listen, I've seen (laughs) um, that new Robin Hood movie where they made it um, uh, Zero Dark Robin Hood. Um, uh-huh. And the horses do just run into walls there, much like cars. So yes, they do. They just like break through wooden walls. They just gallop straight at it. Um, God, that film was so weird. <laughs> so funny. I did see it twice. Um, yeah, they they are like quite like traditional uh, English heraldry. The unicorn, though, aren't they? Like they're on quite a lot of um, Scottish old old coat of arms. Mm-hmm. Is it? It's, yeah, well, it's yeah they're on the Scottish, Scottish coat of arms. Animal. Yeah. yeah, it's why the lion and the unicorn support the um, royal coat of arms because they have the lion for England and the and the, uh, the what's it called the unicorn for all Scotland and the dragon yeah. is nowhere to be seen. Indie Wales now, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, Indie Wales um, now. The unicorn just ate a, a leek, and that's Wales. Oh fuck! Uh, the drag the dragon is like flipping off the unicorn and the uh, lion just off screen. It's going like fuck you guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's a, a leprechaun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a shame because dragons are a much better thing to have on her- heraldry. I kind of like seeing the unicorn. I'm like, ah, damn. Unicorns are good. Unicorn get rid of the lions. Used... Everyone's got lions. I'll be honest, I did have a sticker book full of different unicorns as a child, and I never put them on anything because I didn't want to use them it's... and like lose them. Damn. Isn't remotely but I did... surprising. <laughs> but I did like <laughs> lovingly look at them a lot. So... <laughs> And so I'm like, I think about the unicorn with like, you know, where it's got like the hair going over its front hooves and it's like rearing up. And I think like, damn, that's a cool unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> Rampant. 
That's what... Yeah, rampant, rampant unicorn. Uh, unicorn. I have I have good. had to do heraldry descriptions sometimes in my job, uh, and I'm just going to say it's extremely dumb. <laughs> Fuck heraldry. <laughs> it's like something rampant on a field. Verde, verde. Yes. Uh, uh, Ghoul's in there. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> that means gold, I think. So okay, anything that's yellow. Cool. Uh, ar- uh. Um, argent means something's white, as in silver. silver yeah. Uh huh. Um, got there's everything. The- it, sable, I think, is black or black and white. White black spots and a white background. I can't remember. Very <laughs> everything dumb. I know about oh, it actually comes from the like, men at arms. arms. <laughs> so. Um, Damn, I'm unique. Lion so. passant rampant, rampant, blazoned uh, ghouls, ghouls, emblazoned on a field, uh, vert. Kay says that unicorns are volcel, not incel. I think Ooh. I think she might be right about that. Kay doesn't know yeah. that this tweet isn't yours. <laughs> no, but they're a, they're a horse. Oh. They're a horse for the incels, or possibly um, volcels as well. You I, know? Don't I, don't I don't think incels. I don't think Traditionally volcels. I feel like if you're an incel, they don't talk to you. I think it's, it's like you've made a choice, right? You're like virtuous. Um, mm, mm, whereas yeah. incels aren't virtuous, so they won't get to touch the universe. That's true. You got you got to have some like you got to be some like bizarre Celtic saint from like the fifth century uh-huh. where you're like, I shall marry no husband. I swear to God, and then like God kills you, and everyone's <laughs> like, yes, this is very holy. <laughs> They're like, damn, that's so cool. <laughs> like she, God killed her, so she never had to marry. I don't get incel um, culture because it's so easy to be like, no, actually, I want this. Yeah. And then you, like, ascend to <laughs> Volseldom, which is uh, obviously a much yeah. more chat thing to do. So it's like, if you, if yeah. you like, accept your fate, if you, if you say that this is, this is actually the way, like then you become yeah. the guy you want to be. Yeah, you become <laughs> These aren't, tears of, the, these aren't the tears of an incel. These are the tears of laughter of a Volseldom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, book of lords and ladies. It's good. Do we do we have anything else to add? Lords I would say when ladies. I look at the, I was spelling out the title lords of the and book, the and it very very much confused me that ladies is spelled D I E S, like I was gonna spell it just Y S, like our other podcast, like our podcast that spelled wrong. Yeah. Therefore, making it impossible to find <laughs> by searching for it. The thing is, if you if you spell it correctly, it's gonna be just as bad to find it. So. Okay. The thing is, if you Google yeah. a song of babies and puppies, you just get like children's songs that have puppies in it. A song you literally just get songs for babies about puppies. <laughs> yeah, so it's talking about that bad it's SEO. wrong. Um, <laughs> literally. Song of ladies and puppies. Well, uh, should we have some um, plant plant law here? Mm-hmm. Oh. Lords and ladies are a very common plant in oh, Western Europe. Okay. Uh, and North, well, Europe in Europe. Uh, um, and they're called lords and ladies because when they come up in the early spring, they have a sort of green hood with a, a sort of oval slit in the front, and there's a long, there's a long, pointy, okay. pointy thing inside the oval slit, uh, and it's because they look like a penis and a vulva, and people are like, yeah, this is this is the the dick and the the dick and pussy flower. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> I They're love, extremely common. I love to receive flowers from my beloved. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm at work, and then a, a bouquet is dropped off at my desk, and I go, "Oh wow, 
the the dick and pussy flowers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a silly it's a silly plant, but it's kind of nice. Yeah. It's a nice sign of spring. It's oh, a silly plant. I, I also known as Adam and Eve. Uh-huh. Okay. Sorry, I've been I've been uh, in my allot. Oops, wrong one. I've been in my allotment uh, today, so I'm feeling very planty. I I think we can all um, we could all do with a <laughs> with a little plant. Oh, nice! <laughs> Look at those bad boys. <laughs> it was very interesting. It's this is our new podcast, uh, the where we just talk about like flowers and plants. I was gonna say that um, plant science is for perverts, and that's just the truth of it and if you want to study plants it's because you're just like a little twisted inside and you just want to see some gross sex stuff so <laughs> jot that down all right <laughs> <laughs> well we also have a tree called the pussy willow so you know really good yeah mm. because of cats liking mm. it that's why <laughs> no, no i think it's because yeah. the, the uh like yeah. the buds are soft and pussy yeah, soft <laughs> I think plants are nice. I think flowers are nice. I think bees there's nothing are, wrong bees with are pleasant. them. Um, love yeah. the bumblebees. Okay, do we have anything else to add? Bees are not. On bees this, are fucked up. On this, the bees guy who ladies. talks about the bees also pretty fucked up. Yeah, he's like, like very him. sinister. He's like, he he calls Margaret girl, Mister Brooks. <laughs> Even though like she's the queen and she's like, you can't do that. And he's the like, queen. I'll do what I want, girl. That is extremely fucked up if you don't respect the queen and yeah. don't call them queen. It says he. Yeah, I'm counseling him. This one. Says he has like a Republican, a Republican smirk, which I thought was funny. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> that. One of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are we thinking about? Like, mm, I don't know. I guess probably we'll... followed by monarchist wine uh-huh. usually. Yeah, <laughs> from others. Don't disrespect the no, queen. No, I was She'll just gonna be like, cry on the money. Like, is this? <laughs> does this like undermine Terry's anti-royalist takes from earlier, or uh, is this just well, like? He sort of sees. Like, that I don't know how being... I'm supposed to feel about Varence and Magret and like you them being I kings. Mean, he's constantly doing things where it's like um, monarchy sucks, but also we kind of need a king. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, he does. So I don't know if it undercuts anything. And it's good to have a king. People love when there's a king. That means you don't have to think. We hate democracy where we can decide shit because we don't want to think about shit. We want the kings to think of that. So yeah, because Mm. like they, they, he like creates a parliament where they can have a democracy, but like everyone thinks it's cringe and just does whatever he tells them to do. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't know. Again, it's sort of like weird. We love this sort of countryside. And like Angmorpork, it's bad if they have a king because kings are bad. But if you live in the country, then it's good to have a king because they look after the land <laughs> and they're good and stuff. Um, I mean, tex- texturally, Lanka kind of doesn't really have a central authority. No, it does it what has it wants, a king, really. But he doesn't really do anything. He's just sort of there. <laughs> he just lives in a, lives in a castle. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> And mildly irritates some farmers occasionally. I mean, they have, like, community um, justice, more well, or less. Crop rotation's a pretty good thing, honestly. Actually, you should probably try out crop rotation. Yeah, mm, yeah I, I'm surprised that they <laughs> haven't figured that one out yet. You think it would have turned into an arid dust bowl by now? They have three fields. I think it's implied that they don't really have any fields, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> what do they eat? <laughs> it's all just sheep. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, what do they eat? Uh, eat. Yeah, I don't know cabbages. Hmm. I guess it's not really cabbage land because it's very high. No, that's 
cabbage cabbages are on the stove plane. Maybe they just export sheep and pigs and then import like other food from like nearby places. I don't know. Uh, they they get it. Uh, also, poaches. they eat mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm, Amanita. Oh, um, yeah. Am- Amanita. Amanita phylloides. That's a bad one. Do not okay, eat. Okay, I won't. If yeah, okay. I'm if I'm if I'm, I'm in a, the circumstances where nuts. someone's like Amanita phylloides. We have it. Look, mascara like, no. won't won't kill you probably, but Amanita phylloides is the death cap that will. I've kill heard you. about that one, and I know it's bad. Um, Hern the Hunted is in this, pretty good. Oh, pretty good. good. Um, there's also like a bit an interesting bit that I did want to touch on, which is just they said that no one like believes in gods really in Lanka. There's not much religion. There's some like half-hearted religion, mm. and like they they worship like some small gods, just like cars. But like they're not like big into religion, and there is a bit where um, which I also thought was funny, which is when Granny Weatherwax was like, "Ah, oh, they'll be doing occult stuff and talking to ghosts and demons and spirits and shit," and Nanny Og's like, "But those things are real," and she's like, "Yeah, but you shouldn't go around believing in them," um, which is good, you know, <laughs> just like carrying on some stuff from from the previous book, which love to see it. <laughs> Um, Amelita Phylloides. Okay. Amelita Phylloides nuts. Amanita. Amanita. Amanita Phylloides nuts. Do you have any thoughts about the kids, like in just in general? Um, oh, they're kids, and they're, they're very well written as kids. They're very like, yeah. oh, I'm a teen girl, and I just want to. Hang out with people and be. Excited. I love her. And this girl that we're hanging out with is very cool and very smart, and very pretty. So I guess we'll just do <laughs> what she says. What she says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's what honestly like that? it's pretty funny how they're all like trying to like find edgy witch names for themselves. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. like. I, my name is Ebony Darkness. <laughs> exactly. To <laughs> 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 mention. They're all like coming up with their MSN handles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot of exes forum. Yeah. Yeah. Darkness, darkness, rhythm, wolf mother. Um. These kids would all listen to Jimmy Eat World in like 2009. <laughs> they listen to it the one that. for them. Um, <laughs> do we? <laughs> they would <laughs> listen to Franz Ferdinand. They like, they like Franz Ferdinand. Uh, I, I, I never know how far, like. How much of, it is, of Terry's portrayal of Lanka is supposed to be like a sort of... I mean, it's positive, largely. It's not... But how much of it is supposed to be, like, idealised, if you know what I mean? The difference yeah. between... I honestly think it depends on the paragraph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I would agree with that. I think, yeah, he, he means what he says, but he doesn't always mean what he says. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, because, like... If this is being modelled on, like, rural Britain, like, the West Country of Britain was a hotbed. It was, like, one of the big, one of the, one of the big areas of, like, nonconformism in the 18th century mm. and 19th centuries. Uh, you know, the, the Cornwall and Devon. Uh, and Cornwall, Will, Cornwall, Cornwall, Devon and parts of Somerset, Dorset were known for being, like, nonconformist uh in like the 17th and 18th century um, and up into the 19th century, like my village where I grew up, it has, uh, it has a church, which is extremely old, but it also, it also has a closed down Methodist chapel. And most villages have that because the Methodists were like a serious power 
in like they were like in the rural working poor they they had they had like the ear of the rural walking working poor. gotta be careful if you're non-conformist because the dark will get you um (laughs) (laughs) what the dark will get you the summoning dark it comes from those who uh won't conform yeah oh oh god (laughs) 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 but um but it's actually good because you get superpowers yeah yeah, so so. that's pretty good homophobia superpowers (laughs) 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 and it's this it's this tradition that in in dorset my county specifically that did arise into the first burst of like trades unionism in the Mm. world in Tollpuddle, the Tollpuddle Martyrs, they were, I'm not sure if all of them were, but they, they went to the Methodist chapel in the village, which is still there and still active as a Methodist chapel. Mm. Um, and there's a huge, there's a big trades union march every summer. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not religious, uh, but Terry is trying to say that <laughs> working people, uh, like the country people don't, don't have religion and they just sort of get on with it it's not, not no, true no. <laughs> I, mean, I honestly don't care like it's fine it's fantasy interesting of like what he's trying to yeah like what he's pulling from and what he is changing i think is just very interesting to see like what he's and this doing. all went like i guess last episode we talked about how uh you know can people even read Terry Pratchett if they're not British? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. And the answer is like obviously yes. Like it's and it's even like you know if you just read them and have no idea Britain exists, which was like me when I first read this book, and I still don't really. I still I'm still not really sure. Uh, yeah. Then it's just like funny fantasy stuff, you know. It's I like I'm I'm not like. It, I don't know. I'm not staying up at night thinking about mm, is is Lanka based on the British West Country? Yeah, but like it, that's uh, not the point. The point is that it's that we're, it's interesting and like it it says a lot about is it? what. Te- well, it is to me, yes. And <laughs> I guess it's interesting it's if you know the well. country of Britain. And it, it's it's interesting to see what he is. Yeah, from what he's pulling from and like the folk traditions and a lot of this is about folk traditions. Yeah. And it is about this sort of society that did exist, or it's like sort of semi-based on. And I think it is interesting that in this version that he's created, he's saying that they're not like they don't have this big central religion that like the original ones did, and were like very much based on. And in this one, where it's like sort of semi-magical and also sort of strange and mythic, and it's almost like they have like a continuous pagan identity in a way where it was, like, never, like, taken over by, like, some sort of big central religion. I think that is very interesting for how Terry sees religion and also sees the sort of countryside. And, mm. and I think it's interesting for the mythology of this series, and especially the witches stuff, because I think a lot of it is based on, you know, like, Thomas Hardy sort of country folk stuff that with without, like, Christianity, there is this sort of... It, it's sort of missing that sort of traditional rural novel thing that I think makes it very interesting and seeing how he's created these societies without that, I think is like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It it is interesting because it's like how much was lost through like, you know, um, taking over by sort of Christianity in, in sort of like in, in the rural Britain and like how that changed folk traditions over time and stuff. Well, you know, the, the, 
the establishment of Christianity in rural Britain happened sometime in the eighth century, like before the eighth century. It was yeah, it yeah, was dominant. But like, it's, it doesn't exist in this world at all, like in any in any no. section of it, which is yeah. There's no really, there's no real Christianity analog, like just in general in this book. Like, it's not like, it's not the Song of Ice and Fire where the seven is like clearly, you know, the state religion or whatever, like the mm. supposed to be the Christianity um, analog. In this one, it's just, they're just going hog wild with religion. Like, oh, they, or, or we talked about it on the Small Gods episode, right? Like that, that uh, omnianism is like clearly based that's clearly based on catholicism right but that's like mm. in in the wider world of of the disc uh the omnian church is nothing <laughs> like it's, yeah. every once in a while in later books like after small gods there's gonna be like side mentions of of omnians or of omnians mm. like and they're largely jokes about yeah like, jehovah's witness (laughs) so i think i i I feel like the yeah i guess that's what i'm struggling with with (laughs) what what you are saying is that you know he might like base like some of the stuff on on like english rural traditions or whatever uh but at the same time the entire world he created is basically (laughs) atheist like they're gonna there's gonna be there's just this small section that is christian in Sorry, I'm not. A, a, I'm not sure I made myself clear. Yeah. I wasn't trying to say that he was trying to do and trying to sort of replicate what it's like. But there's uh, there's there's very much this. What he was doing was writing about his view yeah. of the countryside and what it is and and the good things about it, and also criticizing in his own way, which largely consists of sort of saying. Mm. Yokels, I don't know. I'm I'm just interested in exploring. It's quite a personal thing for me because I did. I grew up in the countryside. The first eighteen years of my life were in the same village, around the same people. You know, I I grew up in one of these communities that he was he's talking about. Really, as not quite like it's weird to say, but not someone who's from there. Despite the fact that I lived there from the age of six months old, uh, they're extremely close knit. And it's it's really it, I think it's very interesting how he relates to the idea of the countryside, which is very clearly rooted in the context of the British countryside and where he lives uh, and what he thinks of it and how it's reflected in in his books. Uh, it's it's I'm not not necessarily saying like criticizing how how he is making a complete and utter copy of this but it's 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 i don't know it's less concrete than that it's it's a reflection that he might not always mean to put in in his writing of how he thinks about the countryside because he obviously loves it dearly and it affected me a lot as a young person growing up in the countryside about how i relate to the countryside Mm. about how the folklore of what it means to be someone growing up in the countryside and romanticism towards sort of romanticism towards like pre-christian traditions that survive into the current day and towards like the attitude of country people uh, or capital capitalized to to sort of life in general and it i don't know it's i think jazz might feel similarly yeah. about it it's it's 
kind of quite personal. Yeah, like the Tiffany Aiken books as well, like specifically in the way they talk about, like, I don't know, her connection to the place that she's in. I don't know, like, how upset she gets about, like, how, how it's like she, she loves it dearly and it's also shit a lot, mm. but, like... Yeah, she she feels this like strong connection to it, and this, yeah, and I I did I felt very like personally connected to those books and like that element of it, um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I I yeah, uh, you know, even though I don't know, there's maybe Tiffany was invent like uh, invented as something more for girls to identify with, but you know, I grew up in a on the chalk. Yeah. I, I, my, my village is on the chalk. Is it is up on Chalk Downland, and there are similar to how he talks about the chalk. There are features that he actually rips directly from where I live into the chalk, uh, in the form of the long, not the long man in this. I think can't remember what they call him, but the the Cernabus giant. It is. Mm. I, I live not far from that. Um, just getting chalk I'm, hill I'm figures. Opening Google Maps and I'm narrowing down the location. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you won't find it. Um, but um, it's underground. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. It's this. That's where I'm from. I will always be from. I will never be from Wales. Like I, I live in Wales. I like Wales. But uh, it's it's not where I'm from. When I leave Wales, I, I lose all life. my magic powers. Like when the when the mummy in the Mummy Returns, um, <laughs> when he goes into the room and like the big black thing hits him and he goes ah, and it's like he's lost all his powers and he's mortal. That's me when I leave Wales. Um, oh. I was thinking more of a Samson and Delilah kind of thing, but your comparison is better. Oh, that's literally what I imagine mm. in my head every time I leave. Yeah, but I, th- I think it is. I mean, we need to end this episode, but like. Yeah, I think it is just yeah, there. There is this thing that Terry does where he he does romanticize the country, and then I worry that he's like cutting close to what that can become, which is nationalism. And and I'm I'm always interested in like mm. how because you know it is like oh there's threats coming to the country place you live from outside. There are external forces pressing in on it that might change it, and like sometimes it's interesting to see if it ever cuts to some sort of like oh if if something happens from if something comes to change this place and that's bad because it's got to remain the same forever and i think the way he does that Mm. is interesting um quite a lot and i think it's something that he dips close to sometimes in maybe a concerning way but never but is also very skeptical of and yeah um anyway Do, is there any last thoughts on Lads and Ladies part one of three? Um, I mean, there's two more parts to do. Yeah. It's a good book. Mm-hmm. It's good, yeah. Um, Better than Name of the Wind. <laughs> I mean, is it though? <laughs> yes. It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Christ. Um, this has been Which is the Watch. If you want more, you can go to our Patreon and give us money, which is appreciated uh money money i love money we um have been writing a book no. called heart spell on there as well as a bunch of other stuff although if you want to listen to heart spell without paying us money you can listen to it as it comes out on its own private feed private in its own public feed um immortal incantations heart spell which you can find on any podcast app and it'll be a lot behind to the patreon so you know you can get that content a lot more early if you if you donate to the patreon but also you can just listen to it if you want to it's it's very good george loves it i didn't write any of it but it's we did write it and we also think it's good like two chapters so (laughs) yeah 
I read some. I didn't. I didn't write yeah. any. Not yet. You're welcome to write for it if you want. You could write a chapter. I, mean, I wouldn't know how. You just put words down there. It's easy. <laughs> um, well, I can do that. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah. So you can you can get to you can donate one currency a month for the Patreon, or you can donate five for currency and have your name shouted out like these people who. Well, we go. <laughs> Big flat bunt. Nice. <laughs> uh, boyfriend of the show, Tom, aka Hank the Tank. Yeah. Justin Crandall, yeah. Milk Succubus, wow. Rise and Grind memes for side hustling teens, and Evan yeah. uh, DM. And nice. an extra special double Ooh. shout out for uh, oh. for the all the brave patrons who, uh, you know, put their asses on the line to give us 10 euros a month. Um, uncles of the show. Uh, Carrot Lime and Slime Simon. Thank you. Thank you oh, so much. Uh, I guess we forgot to mention this. Uh, Deity. <laughs> about the announcement about uh, Heartspell. If you if you give us 10 euros, you will receive a physical copy of Heartspell. Which you want. Once we're and ready. You love. Um, mm-hmm. And you will treasure for the rest of your life, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I know I will. It's mm-hmm. going to be... We're going to leave in every typo... Yeah, uh, we didn't catch. Uh, mm. It's gonna be formatted badly. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> so it's gonna be different. We're gonna have to talk about that. But... <laughs> yeah. If you donate eleven dollars a month, I will send a knuckle sandwich to your house. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, also, all other patrons will also get a PDF of the book once it's ready. TM TM. So. So big wheel keep on spinning, and Granny Weatherworks says fuck turfs. Um, and uh, uh, Stan Rince Flower. Mm, Stan Nigel. Uh, Stan Nigel. Classic character. Stan Nigel. Favorite character. Uh, Stan um, uh Doctor Faust. I mean Ericus. Uh, Stan Eric. Shakespeare Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details <laughs>